0: Hello everyone. Welcome to my world. I'm your host Austin and today I'm going to be talking to you guys about a few specific topics. Uh, First of all, I want to talk about with my experience working for Loblaw. I'm going to read to you guys what my pipe bomb is, uh, what I learned about leadership um, along the way, specifically from Simon Sinek He's very knowledgeable about that sort of stuff. And lastly, I want to talk to you guys about my thoughts on Justin Trudeau um, and his leadership. So, um, my experience working for Loblaw. So, I remember whenever I first got hired there. um, And keeping in mind that this is only one very, very specific um, location. This isn't... um, for the large majority of what i'm going to say about this this has to do with very specific uh location of uh labla of course there's different branches of of uh their company um there's different companies that branch off the whole labla company as a whole um so today um as i said uh, i did work there um for about a year, um, excuse me, as my sister's cat comes into frame. Um, anyway, so I I started working there in 2019, I believe, in June, um, and then I left in 2020 because they couldn't, or they could give me, but they decided to not give me anything whatsoever that I was, uh, looking for, um, in terms of employment. So what happened? Uh, that that is a very, very good question. Um, so whenever I first got hired, um, I started working at the salad bar, um, even though that's not where I had, uh, applied to work at, um, I had applied to be a grocery clerk. For some reason, they didn't end up seeing that I applied for the grocery clerk position, so they just put me wherever. Um, but anyway, so I started working at the Salabar for a bit. It honestly wasn't too bad. It really wasn't that bad at all. Um, the, the people working at the salad bar were, were pretty nice people. Um, um, but the, the problem with that, the only problem with working at the Salabar is that I was getting like 12 hours per week max. So what that means is that everybody else was getting way more hours than me. Although keep in mind that nobody was working full time. Um, nobody, as far as I know, nobody in the law law in general works full time unless if they have some sort of, uh, manager position. Um, as far as I know, that is a hundred percent true. Um, but anyway, Um, that went on for a while. And then, uh, it was my mom actually that made the suggestion like, Hey, like you're only working like 12 hours a week. Maybe go talk to the store manager, see if there's anything that, that she can do about that to try to, uh, get you more hours. So, um, that's what it is very shortly after I went to, uh, uh, the store manager, um, this store manager in particular Um, I did like the store manager at the time that, that I did work at the Salabar. Um, in my opinion, she was very good at at her job. Um, but anyway, I went up to her and I said, okay, so here's the situation right now. I'm not getting very many hours. Um, I, I hope that we can figure out a path together to where, um, to, to basically where I where I can have more hours, like at least twenty hours a week. Um, so yeah, that that's 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 what we did. Um, and what ended up happening is that um, so so kind of visualize this. So I went to talk to her during my break. and literally, like, within half an hour of me not being on my break anymore, um like within half an hour of me going back to work. Um so like each individual uh department has a specific phone for that department. So anyway, she called called me up on the on the on the phone, like the salad bar phone, um, that, that we have like right right in the corner there. So um anyway, so she calls, I picked it up and then she said, Okay, uh I, I figured it away. We can ha- we can have you work in a cashier position. Um, and that would have me switch departments, um, but at that point in time, I was really only focused on, um, I was really only focused on how many hours I was getting. Um, Cause like I said, I was getting like 12 hours max working at the saddle bar. And to be honest with you, it used to be like, like 20 hours. Um, like my first week I worked maybe eight hours. And then from there on out, it, it increased like 20. And then it, it got down to, to around 12, uh, per week. Um, but anyway, I started working as a cashier and at the very beginning, it was, it was good. I, th- I thought it was a very good experience at the very beginning. Um, um, now keep in mind that this was in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, um, After every few customers, we had to wipe down, um, like our station, like where, where, um, where the customers would put down their their groceries, um, almost like the belt, I guess that's what it would be called, uh, wipe down the belt where the customers put down the groceries. Um, some customers were very, very adamant about, um, people wiping it down. Um, others were really like the complete opposite they didn't really care um to be honest with you i don't really know what we were wiping it down with it didn't really look like it was doing anything um then again i didn't know what it was what we were wiping it down with Uh, perhaps some sort of uh cleaner of sorts right um but yeah like i said I, i thought it was a very good experience at the very beginning and then that's whenever things start to, to fall apart in terms of my enjoyment for the job. Um, now I can't exactly remember which order that I've figured things out in, um, because it, that part of my life is, is kind of a blur. Um, a lot of what has happened to me in the last, you know, three, four years is is just a blur to me and I don't really remember um, in what order certain things came in, but let's start with um, uh, this whole pressing your button thing. What is the pressing your button thing? Well, um, right whenever I became a cashier, I don't believe this was actually a thing. I think the customer would just kind of. Uh, no, actually, here's what happened. There would be somebody working at the store who would, who their job was to tell the customer, "Hey, this cashier is available, so you can go to them." Um, but later on, we had this system where um, the concept of the system is actually a really good idea. We had a button at our lane, and if we press the button. Um, you would hear almost like a half announcement or whatever. It, it basically just tell the customer at, at the, at the, at the front of the line saying like, uh, I think the, the exact words were, um, something along the lines of please advance to cashier and then whatever number the lane was. So in practice, that's a really good idea. Um, we no longer need somebody standing at the front of the line saying, Hey, this cashier is available. Um, and in the honesty, that actually did get really annoying because the one specific person always made the decision for the cashier, like, Hey, the cashier is going to wipe it down now. And how did that work? She told the customer just just wait a second um, before putting your groceries down because this person is going to wipe it down. The reason why that was annoying is because oftentimes, one customer ago, I already wiped it down. But anyway, that's that's a whole other thing. Um, so let's talk about why this whole pressing your button thing, why I eventually didn't enjoy it at all. The main reason is because people had the authority who shouldn't have authority whatsoever over what you do started telling people, press your button now legitimately. There have been a handful of people who I still remember their names today and who I won't mention um, what their names are just to hopefully keep their privacy um, that they would come up to me repeatedly over me pressing my button. Keeping in mind that I was... I'm saying this, like, without uh, bias, or at least without as much bias as I can possibly th- say things with. Um, I was one of the best and consistent people at pressing their button. I would always press that at the same time for every customer. Um, so... For example, um, I know that it takes time for customers to get from the front of the line to my cash. You don't have to have a degree um, in anything to know that. That's just common sense. As you grow up, you develop that knowledge. Like, hey, it, it takes time to go from point A to point B. You just know that, right? So, um, Yeah, like, so because I know that, I made sure that there was enough time um, between, um, so basically I made sure that there was enough time to where I knew that there would always be a customer at my cash, right? So whenever there was a customer paying for the groceries, I would press my button so that whenever they're done paying for the groceries, I have more work to do. Right? I can scan this customer's groceries, help them with um, being able to purchase their things, um, because that was my job. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically what my plan was. Um, and then the handful of people would come up to me and say, hey, like, you need to start pressing your button earlier. What's funny about that is that my manager never, ever, ever told me that I had to start pressing my button more. Probably because he had more important things to worry about. Um, Like every time that he, I know for a fact that every time that he looked at me whenever I was doing my job, no complaints. In fact, there was a few times where um, he had to kind of assess how we're doing Um, the only time or the only thing that he thought that I could have done better is just simply remember to, to give customers, um, you know, the survey, um, that probably next to no customers even do anyway. That leads me into the next thing, the surveys, if the customer fills up the survey and they say, I think. This person with this name, um, in terms of cashier, did a good job. You get a, um, basically a coupon that, whenever you redeem it, it gives you 5,000 PC optimum points. That's great, right? The only thing about that is that where I was being a cashier in, that city, it's like everybody knows everybody. (laughs) Like like you know a lot of people so it's so it's essentially a popularity contest right it's not um who can do the job better it's who knows more people so i mean that's just the 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 simple story of that system and and that is actually something that i mentioned on on my my i call it my pipe bomb um uh that that i wrote during um one of the um, actually the second and, and final anonymous anonymous survey that that i took for this company um and the third thing that that basically led me to leave was and, and again i mentioned this and, and 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 my pipe bomb is that there was a point in time where I was working like 30 hours a week and keeping in mind that like I I I wanted to work part time but I was happy to work 30 hours a week um because that cuz that forced them to pay me more money basically um and I was earning more money from working 30 hours a week compared to working 20 anyway so similarly to working at the salad bar, my hours started to slowly trickle down to like, I was lucky to work 20 hours a week. So anyway, um, again, my mother brought this up like, Hey, like, why don't you, um, talk to the store manager about that. Um, see if you can start work more hours. Um, and that, and that's what I did. I did that again. Um, And, and I do, uh, very much thank my mother for, (laughs) for, for suggesting that I do that. Um, because doing that wasn't, um, exactly the most comfortable thing for me to do. And and me doing that, it's, uh, kind of a a big step in terms of, in, in terms of that sort of stuff. But anyway, I go up to the store manager, but this time like the old store manager got replaced. So this is a new store manager. This is not the same store manager, or this isn't the same person who was a store manager whenever I was working at the salad bar. So I didn't know who this person is. Um, I don't think she ever really went around and introduced herself to anybody she didn't introduce herself to me i mean i understand that you know like you're the store manager you have important things to do but like come on <laughs> um and you would have thought that we were going to be told that you know we we're going to have a different store manager anyway so like i said new store manager so i go up to her and i'm like hey like um this is she was like right next to the customer service desk. So I go up to her and I'm like, hey, you know, like, um, I just wanna let you know that I'm available to work full-time hours. That's what it was. My mother suggested that I tell her that uh, I'm available and would like to work full-time hours. Um, And that's what I told her. So she's like, okay, yeah, so so you'd like to work as many hours as possible. Uh, That was basically what I said. Looking back on it, I should have said no, he want to work full-time. But based on what happened um, a week or two later, it wouldn't have made a difference if I had said that or not. Because what had happened, here's what had happened. Like I said, I, I, I went up to her, requested more hours. You would think that... I would get more hours that this person would say, okay, you know, like this person wants to take more time out of their, out of their week to, to work more. So let's give them more hours. If you thought that's what happened, you would be wrong. That isn't what happened. What happened is that a week or two later, there are like two to three more cashiers that get hired. Why that happened, I don't know. What I do know is that there's always signs in this specific um, store that say, we're looking for new hires. We're looking to hire new people. They have no idea what kind of message that sends to your current employees. That basically says that the only reason why... Um, they want to hire you is so that the company can make profit. Um, and something that I'm going to talk a little bit about later about, um, what I learned about leadership, um, in particular is if you want to have a successful business, you have to care a lot more about your employees than profit. Like, yeah, it's important to care about profit to an extent, but if all you care about is how much profit that you're getting each quarter, you're not a leader. You're not, you're not a leader. You're, you're, you might be a boss or, or a manager of sort, but, um, like people would never follow them is the thing. So yeah, that is basically what happened. More people got hired. And then, um, I basically, my reaction is, is like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, like not too long ago, I literally just had this conversation with her. Like, I want more hours. And, and then this is what she does for me. Right? Right. Um, And then really the last thing that that really led me to leave the company was, um, you know, there was a change in which where we could see our schedule and where, um, well, see our schedule online and where we could request time off. Now, why would I even have any problem with that? I wouldn't have any problem with that if they had done it correctly. As far as I'm concerned, no employee in Lopla in general, I'm not including managers, I'm, I'm including like people at the very bottom like cashiers, grocery, grocery uh, clerks, uh, HMR clerks, things of that nature. Um, what I'm guessing is that Nobody knew about it. Like, literally, overnight. Like, it was, for me, at least, it seemed overnight, where we could literally just go and flip to see our schedule and request time off, and now we have to go to my work day. Like, literally, overnight. And, unfortunately, there was some sort of um, key or passcode or something of that nature to actually be able to connect into the proper, um, company, nobody ever told, like, no, nobody of any managerial position told us what it was. So, 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 so that's just really bad. And, um, and Lobla also has sort of this kind of thing where it's like really similar to Facebook, but it's like for Lobla stuff. Um, and literally there was multiple posts about, um, how uh, about it, like, like nobody knew about it. Like this, this seemed to come out of the blue. Um, and at that point, like I was really frustrated. Um, and try to keep in mind too, that this is like. Um, this is after people who have no authority over me to, to tell me to press my button for for months. This is after um, uh, after feeling like I'm the only person who like, after feeling like uh, I'm just like I'm only there to make the management look good by trying to do my job quickly enough to have the line short. Like, this is after, and during. Everything that was making me frustrated, so. Um, so yeah, there there was. There was many many posts about that on on that specific website. I can't even remember what site it, it was. I mean, like I said, earlier, like all this was, was um, was pretty much a blur to me. Um, now. Here's another thing that 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 happened there too. So, um, I of course made made a, a few comments in the comment section there. Everybody that, that responded to me agreed with what I was saying. Not surprising, I was saying things that, that the majority of, of people working for that company believed. Um, but there is one particular comment that I said one swear word. Now, I understand that that isn't exactly professional-like. Um, however, <laughs> um, like the new store manager that I was telling you guys about earlier, she phoned me up the, uh, on my day off, saying, like, hey, like, I noticed he said a like, a swear word in one of your comments, whatever, like, would you like to talk about it? Or, she said, or, would you like to wait until your shift to talk about it? So I said, um, to wait and to talk about it in person, uh, for, for two reasons, really. Number one, I was pissed at her because she called me on my day off. Right? Number one, first and foremost, if it's my day off, I don't want to do anything that involves my work. Secondly, the, reason, the second reason why I told her I'd rather talk about it in person is because I wanted to tell her how I felt to her face, not through a phone call. Um, granted, I don't know how that um, conversation would have went had it happened, um, you know, um, keep in mind, had it happened, it didn't happen. Um, you know, there was many, many times where I saw her on the floor. Um, you know, there's, there was even once where she was like going through the aisles for whatever reason. I don't know why she was doing that, but she was, and, um, she just never came up to talk to me and and was like, Hey, like, do you want to like, meet in my office, like during a break or like, you know, like she never made an effort. And there was actually a quote that, that I saw that is quite literally a hundred percent accurate to what this situation is. Um, the quote basically says that if someone has done you wrong, they will do everything they can to avoid you. And that is a hundred percent true. My new store manager had done me wrong. She hired new people whenever, like I could have worked all those hours that those two to three people were hired, com- maybe not combined, but at least one of them, like she could have hired one less p- person and given me that person's hour, that one other person's hours. So she w- would have only hired one person maybe, you know, and keep in mind. At that time, we had a shit ton of cashiers, right? Like a shit ton of cashiers that, like, in a lot, and, and honestly, there was quite a few of them that were students too, um, and like they were getting like almost no money from working there because they were getting like two to three, four-hour shifts a week, you know. Um... So basically, that's why I left. Um, I was getting frustrated and angry with the management and how the management was doing nothing. They were doing nothing for the benefit of the people. And that is something that I take issue with in any company that does that. Now let's transition from that into leadership. So from listening to Simon Sinek, um, there are actually two different types of games in game theory. Now, why do games even matter? Whenever we're talking about leadership, I'll get into it. So in game theory, there are two different types of games. There are finite games and there are infinite games. So finite games are games with known players, fixed rules, and agreed upon objective. They always have a beginning, beginning middle, and end. Game of basketball, baseball, um, basically any sport is a uh, finite game. But there's also something called an infinite game. Now an infinite game has known and unknown players, the rules are changeable and the goal is to stay in the game as long as possible, to perpetuate the game. Um, so the game of business is an infinite game. The game of basketball is a finite game. Um, and unfortunately many uh, CEOs and people who claim to be leaders who are at the very top of companies they play the game of business like it's a finite game and what that leads to over time is your um, is that if you're in that position where you're playing the game of business like it's a finite game you're going to start to care a lot more about profit over your people. And, you know, you know, like you hear CEOs say it all the time, like, well, um, you know, like I care about all, all, all the customers. Like, No, you don't. You haven't served a customer in 20 years. You give your employees what they need so then they can, uh, take care of the customer and their needs. Right. Um, as the CEO, um, that's basically your 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 job. Or if you're in some sort of manager position, right? So, what does it even look like to to be uh, being finite in the game of business? Um, you know, playing the game of business like it's a finite game instead of playing it as an infinite game, right? um first of all you it's not uncommon to see mass layoffs to balance the books unfortunately like imagine like you get fired just because your company or your boss wants to balance the books you don't get fired for any reasonable reason you show up to work on time you you do your work effectively. You're really good at your job and your boss says, uh, you know, like, uh, we, we need a balanced book. So you're fired. Yeah. Um, your employees start lying, hiding, and faking. Now this is a, a big one. Um, this is something that as an employer, you, sh- you should really make it a part of your job, in my opinion, to make sure people feel like they can just be open and and stuff like that but if your uh, boss cares more about the profit of the company over the employees then it's it's honestly really really common for employees to start lying hiding and faking because going on to my next point they have a fear of being fired due to a mistake. Now, if it's a mistake that completely alters the company in a way that um, is really, really, really bad, um, and it does have long-term lasting effects, 100%, I get it. But if it's just something small, I mean, that's not really that big of a deal. Right. Um, and like I said, carrying more of profit over people. So that also means that they care more about hitting arbitrary numbers than their employees, um, to maximize the shareholder value. Um, and remember how I talked about employees lying, hiding, faking, right? Well, that leads to no trust and no collaboration. Um, uh, if, if all your employer is saying is like, um, like, you know, we have to get this done in like, we have to get this done in this very, very specific way. Um, if you're doing it a slightly different way, even though it could be more efficient, that's wrong. You know, like they're like you feel like you're trapped in a hole almost or, or, in a cage that's that's no way to to um be an employer you know um but the good news is is that if you um play the game of business like it's an infinite game like it is you tend to get the opposite of what i just mentioned um you know your employees typically feel like they can be more open, um, with you and and be more honest with you as an employer. Um, so yeah, it's pretty common for, for, um, your employees to ask questions. If they need to, um, if they don't know what they're doing, like they'll just tell you, um, some of the time, um, and you definitely get trust and collaboration, which is something that is very, very important. So if you look at, you know, my experience with Loblaw, um, even though I do strongly agree that they do play the game of, of business, like it is a finite game. Um, the one thing that, that, um, that uh, that I mentioned about playing the game business like it's a finite game is no trust, no collaboration. Right? Um, like whenever we got the new store manager, there's no trust there. I never got the opportunity to develop any sort of trusting relationship with that person. Um, and even within the group of cashiers, um, Ourselves. like there was no collaboration like there was more there was some people doing a heck of a lot more work than other people um there was even one guy who never got in trouble for being on his phone like the whole freaking time like, it was crazy right and then you know like there was this other cashier who, who i got along with quite well like if there's nobody in line and like let me let me talk about it this way, right? So, sometimes her legs can get like pretty tired, like like you're standing there for like four hours straight, minus like a fifteen minute break, right? So, her legs get tired, right? Um, so what this per- what this person would do is that whenever there's no customers in line um, that she can help with, she would sit down. That's not really that big of a deal. In my opinion, at least. Um, But she was told, like, no, you can't do that. But then there's this other guy that's on his phone the whole time and he doesn't get in trouble. So you see the hypocrisy, right? Um, The people who actually do the job and work hard don't get rewarded. And the people who (laughs) who don't do as good of a job um, are the people who... don't get in trouble Um, you know even though I was someone who was doing the job and got targeted to an extent Um, but now I think it's time to talk about um, like backtrack a little bit and talk about um, my pipe bomb and 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 what I wrote for that so um, as I'm pulling it up here um, on my laptop so So the thing is that they had anonymous surveys, and I really wish that this was something that they had more often, Um, but I only got to do it twice, right? Um, Fortunately, the second time I got to do it at home, so I got to spend as long as time on it as I wanted. Um, But anyway, like I, I, I just, I spoke my mind about it and and, and said how I felt. I I said some things that um, I think a lot of people in that company are are, are afraid to say. Um, I'm not sure if it's because they don't have the balls to say it or if they're just worried about being fired. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be afraid of being fired for saying these things. yeah, in my pipe I'm here, I said some things that, even though this was an anonymous survey, I said some things that you could easily say, like, okay, this was obviously me. Um, But I didn't get fired. So, um, what that tells me is that they don't really care what you think. Um, But anyway, so, I I answered the the questions, um, the first questions, it was more just like, there was a statement, and it's like, do agree disagree or do you just feel neutral about this statement um and then at the end it, it kind of asked me for for my final thoughts. so this is where i put uh a, a few paragraphs uh, uh uh written down um so yeah it, the the survey just asked me like what else would you like to say so i said uh well there's a few things i'd like to say First, I don't agree with the fact that new people get hired after an employee asks for full-time hours, weeks before the new employees get hired. I don't agree with the fact that people who aren't my manager uh, tell me to press my button when I know for a fact I'm on average more efficient at pressing my button than our average cashier. I have no problem with my manager asking things for me. And that's very important to note. He really only asked uh, reasonable things for me to do. Uh, I also don't like how the way we see our schedule got changed overnight. I I had to ask where I had to go see my schedule, and that is not acceptable. It's just not. That's something I forgot, actually. I had to ask where to see my schedule. They never told me where the new place to see my schedule. I had to ask. Um and where I asked was um like through that like the the la blah, blah Facebook like thing that I mentioned earlier. Um to me it feels like me and my colleagues aren't being told when stuff like this is happening. I really don't appreciate how the numbers how the how the amount of hours I get plummets right after Christmas break, or any time I ask for an extended period of time off. I absolutely hate how we use the surveys as a reward system for cashiers. For a place like, I'm not going to, it says the name of the place, but I'm going to say it. Um, for a place like this place, the more popular you are, the more kudos you make. That's what it was called, like kudos. Um, you redeem your kudos, you get 5,000 PC optimum points. Um, That's a simple story of that system and then I go on to say To me, it feels like it doesn't matter how good at your job you are It doesn't matter if you always come into work when you're asked It doesn't matter if you always do what is asked of you to the best of your abilities There is a glass ceiling and nobody is allowed to break it Overall, I'm sick. I'm hurt. I'm confused. I don't know as a business what we're doing anymore. I know we have pride of this being a team effort, but every shift I work I feel like it's I feel like it's an individual effort by me to try to keep the line short to make the management look good. I feel like I'm being lied to because it says on my work day that I'm scheduled uh, it says on my work day that my scheduled weekly hours is forty and I'm scheduled for far less hours than that every week. I come into work on my days off when I'm asked if I know if I'm available at work, I do all the training online, I greet the customers, I press my button when I know I should, I do what is of me. I do all these different things and all I wanted was to work full time and it's fine if the management doesn't think that, think that is me and then I'm not caliber of a, of a cashier but then I'm going to work somewhere else because as it is right now this job makes me miserable and it hurts me mentally. At this point I just feel alone and I don't agree with how things are being done behind the scenes. I also want to mention that I didn't ask for full-time hours because then I'd be given benefits. I asked for full-time hours because then I'd be earning more money every week. So that's basically what I said. Um, You know, just kind of speaking my mind. Um, And I, and to be honest with you guys, I don't regret anything that I've said, um, about, uh, this company thus far. I don't regret anything I've said about, um, what I've said in my little pipe bomb here. Um, I, I, don't regret it at all. I, I, I still believe it's true to this day. Um, and in fact, if I go to where this specific store is, you still see those same signs at every cashier lane saying that, hey, we're hiring. <laughs> um, and, and it's just kind of ridiculous, you know? I mean, and honestly, it got to the point where um, where I was so upset where, like, if they call to ask if... Um, like I, I was so fresh, it got to the point where I was so frustrated where if they asked me if I was available to work, um, later in the day on my day off, I just said, no, like I was in the mentality of, if you want me to work a certain day, put me on the schedule. Um, and like that, that's how I felt at that time, you know, um, and with me saying all this, like, I don't want to start a fight or anything um like I said that like this is just me telling you guys how I felt at that time and like I said I don't regret anything that I've said about this company in the past um, and I don't and I don't think I'll regret anything about um what I will say about them in the future if I choose to say anything about them you know like blah blah is a like what multi-billion dollar company they make they make a million dollar a million dollars a day in excess profits and they can't uh, like go through the process to, to see like hey like do you want to work full-time you know like anyway so the last thing I want to talk about in this first episode of the podcast is It's Justin Trudeau, man. I mean he is uh, He is an interesting little fellow to say the least Um, and He is a large part of the reason for a lot of the problems that Canadians face today Um, In particular um, the cost of food the cost of fuel, and the cost of housing. Those are the three big things that, that Canadians are really upset about of what the price, of uh, what the cost of those particular things are. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, the carbon tax for a minute here, okay? Contrary to what the liberals believe, the, the carbon tax Um, isn't an environmental plan it's a tax plan this tax plan doesn't prevent um, tornadoes or storms or any natural weather events that that could very well happen Um, and in fact just this past weekend um, like the, the power cut out for 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 um, between a half an hour and an hour because there was a, a, a tropical storm that that was coming so um, so there, so yeah there's that so it really doesn't stop anything um, so the carbon tax plan it doesn't all it so what the carbon tax plan does is increase inflation so what it does is it increases the cost of fuel. And because of that, it costs more to make the food, it costs more to ship the food, and then it costs more to buy the food. And the food itself is taxed. So um, us consumers are are paying way more than than what we actually should be paying for groceries these days. and I know Justin Trudeau has, has mentioned in the past about, like, the housing, um, the cost of housing, or whatever, and he's like, well, imagine how how much worse it would have been if the conservatives had have been in power. Um, but the problem with that argument is that, and Pierre Palié was a housing minister, um, like, you don't even have to imagine what, what housing costs would have been if if um, Pierre Polyev was prime minister, whenever Pierre Polyev was a housing minister of the previous conservative government, the cost of housing was on average half of what it is today, half. You know, like I even heard, um, I didn't do my research on this, so I'm not sure how accurate this is, but I've heard that rent in like Vancouver is like three thousand dollars a month um i'm pretty sure like the average rent in canada right now is like um maybe around 2200 dollars a month that figure could be outdated it definitely was that at one point in time um but yeah basically everything that that you can imagine with housing was cost half as much um eight years ago compared to now so um so that's exactly another point that Pierre is trying to use to uh, trying to convince Canadians that, um, that he should be um, Prime Minister instead of Justin Trudeau. And in fact, it's pretty much a guarantee that he will be. Um, you know, Right now in the polls it's saying a 98% chance that uh, the Conservatives will uh, make the next uh, government in Canada um there's something like a 60 to 70 percent chance that they're gonna have a majority government um which is a good thing because then they can get rid of the carbon tax they can get rid of uh bill c11 bill c18 any any bill that uh you know is detrimental to canada's freedom of speech you know like Canada right now is not the country that I grew up in the, cu- the country that I grew up in is um, like buying groceries for a week for a family of six was like $100 whenever I was grown up that's what it was and now like even just a few years ago it's like 350 for six people. Um, and the reason why I know that figure is because I, uh, like, I have four siblings and my parents. So whenever we were all living together in the same household, um, you know, it, it, it was like $100 um, at one point in time. Um, and like I said, now it's like over 300 for one week's worth of groceries. No wonder we're seeing record highs and and Canadians skipping meals and and going to food banks and all that sort of stuff. No wonder we're seeing that people can't afford to live in this country anymore. You know, and, and I'm sure if the the can if uh, the Liberals somehow, some way, worth the two percent odds of making the next government. Like people are just going to start straight up leaving the country i mean like housing in the united states is cheaper on average than it is in canada even though in canada we have more land and the united states has to house something like 10 times the population so um it, it, it's it, it's it's really not good it, it's it's really really not good So personally, um, if things keep going the way they're going, which they probably will be until the next election, um, I will be voting conservative. Um, Pierre Polyev is saying everything that I agree with. Um, And he is starting to to think of some pretty good solutions to some of the problems that Justin Trudeau has, has created um with that being said you guys i think that that is a great place to stop for the first episode if you have enjoyed it please make sure to follow me on um, socials follow this podcast if you enjoyed this first episode and i will see you in episode number two